Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bully Ray and I talk about the incident that happened on Monday Night Raw last night. The fan jumping the guardrail on Seth Rollins. We get into that, get Bully's take on Seth Rollins and how he reacted to it, and also gets into some stories from his days with fans in ECW. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I don't talk about myself unless I can relate it to the subject. Me and Heyman had a conversation yesterday because Paul said something very nice about us on an interview with Ariel Hawani. So Hawani asked Paul best promo outside of his that he ever saw. And Heyman put over the Dudleys for for being able to do what we did. ECW fans were the smartest wrestling fans that ever existed. They were hip. They knew what was going on. They were in on the work, the kayfabe, yada, yada. They were so smart. Until me and Devon got out there. Until people started jumping the rails on a nightly basis and riots happened on a nightly basis and the cops had to be called in and the dogs had to be called in and we got arrested and spent nights in jail because we would beat fans up. Jump guardrails and just beat the shit out of people. There was believability. We were able to make the smartest fans in the world forget that what they were seeing was a show. Brought them to a level of anger where people would jump out of the balcony of the Elks Lodge in Queens, New York to hit the ring on us. Where did the character end and the person begin? Nobody ever knew. And some to this day still don't know. My point is, you did not love to hate the act of the Dudleys. You hated the Dudleys. You hated the Dudleys so much that no matter who came through that curtain, all you wanted to see them do was punch Bubba and Devon in the face, kick them in the balls, crack, crank them over the head with a steel chair, put them through their own tables, yada, yada. 
It, there was no smiles on people's faces. There was no, like we see with MJF. Oh my God, here comes MJF. Oh, this is going to be the best promo. I love MJF. I hate him so much. What? As great as MJF is, as what at, is at what he does, there's a next level of hatred to get to. That Sith level of hatred. I always bring up the Emperor in Star Wars. What was the Emperor's redeeming qualities? You're asking me? <laughs> yeah. To your knowledge, what was the redeeming quality of the Emperor? There wasn't any. Anything. There was no reason for you to like the Emperor. None. Zero. Let the hate flow through you. Perfect. Vader had redeeming qualities. After a while, you grew to love Vader because you realized what his story was. And now you understood why you hated Vader and now you wanted to love him, not the Emperor. And it takes an Emperor in pro wrestling to command hatred. That's why a lot of people, there are few and far between who understand this level of hatred when it comes to a heel in pro wrestling. The level of hatred guys like the Sheik, the original Sheik, or Freddie Blassie had. And I'm sure a lot of I'm sure a lot of older wrestling fans that are listening. Roddy Piper. Did you love to hate Roddy Piper? I, I could detested Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper for the things he said to Salvatore Bolomo in New Jersey. I detested Roddy Piper for cranking that coconut over Snooker's head. I detested Roddy Piper for talking down to Jimmy Snooker because he couldn't speak well. I never loved him. I wanted to see Piper get his ass handed to him. And I guess somehow this will morph into our next conversation about, you know, the jumping the rails. But I just, I just hope wrestling fans understand the importance of the bad guy, the heel, and not the bad boy. I don't give a shit about the bad boy because the bad boy was always too cool. I'm talking about the bad guy. And this is where I, you know, this is where I also feel like the NWO, to an extent, to an extent, hurt things. Because once the NWO became the cool heels, what did everybody want to do, Dave? Yeah, they all, they all wanted to, they all wanted to love the NWO. They wanted to be the NWO. The NWO shirts were the, the biggest selling shirts at the time. It started, to me, it kind of started with the Four Horsemen. You started seeing, like, right after the stuff with Dusty, you started seeing the four horsemen start to get cheered and start to be like, because it was hard not to. They were all champions. They made a promise, they fulfilled their promise, and they won their matches. It was right after the feud with Dusty where that started to change. But the NWO, why would you hate the NWO? All they did was win. Dave, when I would go to the ring, if I saw people with my T-shirt on, I would, I, I'd be so hard on myself. This is when I was a heel, because I'm like, man, if that person plunked down $30 for my T-shirt, I must not be getting the job done. That person likes me too much. And if that person likes me, that means they don't love the guy standing across me. That's just the way I thought about it. I'm not saying that the way other wrestlers think about it is wrong or the way fans think about it is wrong. I understand that people love to hate bad guys. I get it. It's just not something that I was ever, 
ever able to wrap my brain around or ever wanted to do. My version of the bad guy, the heel, was absolutely so bad that you wanted to throw bricks through their window, slash their tires, and want to do what that guy did to Seth Rollins last night. Because what that guy did to Seth Rollins last night, to me, is absolute gold. Bully, I was going through some of my old pro wrestling programs. Like, I was looking through one from, like, 84. And I was looking at, like, the merchandise section in the program where, you know, you could buy the posters and the T-shirts. The posters and the T-shirts, Hogan, Snuka, Backland, Junkyard Dog. You couldn't buy a T-shirt or a poster of Greg the Hammer Valentine or Rowdy Roddy Piper or anything like that. You know why? Because nobody would buy them. Nobody was gonna buy. Nobody was gonna buy a T-shirt or a poster of the Wild Samoans because you hated them. You were gonna buy the Snooker or the Hogan or the Junkyard Dog. Now you can buy a T-shirt of everybody. What well, I mean, the companies aren't buying in either. Case in point, Becky's promo from last night. She's making Liv Morgan cry. She's being a bully to Liv Morgan. But in the same sentence, she's talking about how she poses with kids and she lets the kids hold her championship title. Would superstar Billy Graham ever pose with a kid and let the kid hold his WWF championship? Are you fucking crazy? Oh, well, it's a different time, Dave. I hate that one, too. No, bully, if MJF was to become AEW champion, would he be posing with kids and let kids hold his AEW chip? Fuck no. Nobody does a better job of connecting the dots in this entire business than MJF. Nobody. And it's amazing that someone with the level of intellect as an MJF could have come out of that man and woman. <laughs> it's true. It's, he's so hated his parents, desp- his mother and father despise him. Think about that oh, for I, a second. I despise his mother and father. Well, well, you're a bully too. But that's what you want. My God, bully, it's what you're saying right now. You would get pissed if somebody was paid 30 bucks for your T-shirt. They're buying your T-shirt. No, you're fucking pissed because you don't want anybody to like you enough that they're going to put $30 down on your T-shirt. Jericho would say when he was a heel, he told him, don't sell my, please, don't sell my shirts. Do not sell my shirts. If he was in an elevator, he said the story on our on our show and in his book. He was on an elevator with a father and son. The, the, the kid turned around, Mr. Jericho, can I get it, your autograph? He didn't look the kid in his face. He looked straight ahead. And when those elevator doors opened, the father turned around and said, you're an asshole. That's what you want. Do you understand? I don't give a shit about time. These are not characters. These are not roles. If you want true emotional investment, every heel should act like MJF. 
Every heel's goal should be, I want to be despised. I want to be hated. I want people to slash my tires and spit in my face when they see me. That should be everyone's goal as a heel. Jump the guardrail. Seth Rollins pissed off a fan last night so much that that fan decided to jump the guardrail and spear Rollins and take shots at him. You don't think that that person, now, unless that person might be a little bit um, uh, mentally lacking or didn't have all his wits about him, or maybe he was so drunk, yada, yada. But you don't think that that person who jumped the rail last night knows in that jumping the rail, there's going to be serious repercussions. He could have had the shit beat out of him. He could have spent the night in jail. There could be charges brought up against him. He could get sued. A million and one things could have got, got wrong, went wrong for that guy who jumped the rail, right? Yep. But he forgot all about them because the hatred that he had welled up inside him for Seth Rollins for doing what he did to Finn Balor made him throw all that shit out the window and said, fuck you, Seth, I'm coming for you. That's heat. When you can make them forget that what they're seeing is not really what they're seeing. The elephant really doesn't disappear. But the best magicians in the world make you think the elephant disappears. And you know what you do, Dave? You stand on your feet and you give that magician a standing ovation. You fools. And then you pay money to go see that magician again. Boy, talk about a work of all works. That's the beauty of pro wrestling, when you can make them forget. That's why when I see what happened last night with Rollins, I'm filled with joy. Am I encouraging people to jump rails, yada, yada? No. But I get it. And if you can elicit that much emotion and hatred in somebody that they're willing to throw their own well-being out the door just so they get a little piece of you, you must have done something right. And Seth Rollins did something right last night. He got heat. He got old school heat. And, I, and I'm sure that there's people out there, veterans or young boys like, Oh, that's not real heat, or that's so wrong, or that fan should... Oh, shut up. As a heel, you beg for that kind of heat. You, what was your opinion on the whole situation? Well, you know what, Bully? Look at Seth and what he did when that happened. Okay, when that happened... What did he immediately do when security jumped on that guy? He was in that guy's face. He was standing, yelling at that. He didn't back off. He didn't run off. He didn't do anything like that. He stayed in character. He bought completely into what just took place then. Seth Rollins displayed the utmost professionalism last night because the instinct is to get up and start kicking that fan in the face. Bravo to Seth Rollins for being a consummate professional who was able to control himself in a moment in time that is absolutely almost impossible to control yourself unless you're trying to elicit that response. 
Unless you're trying to get somebody to jump the rail, then you know you want to fire back. Seth didn't see that one coming. Great job by security to just get the guy down and get him out. People chiming in on social media, oh, Rollins is a punk for not beating the shit out of him. No, he's not. He's a pro. You can't fire back because then they sue you. Then they sue the company. Then they sue the arena. Then they just get sue happy. And then the jury looks at you like, well, Seth, you did get away from the guy. Did you really have to go back and punt him in the face? Yeah, but the guy jumped me. Yes, we understand the guy jumped you. And that's what arena security is there for. And that's what WWE security is there for. It's their job to to control the guy and get him out of there. Not your job to kick him in the face after you got away. That's why you don't do that. Seth saved the company a lot of headaches last night. Most guys wouldn't have that kind of self-control. I've seen it a hundred times. The boy's just salivating to get that one shot in. What happened when what happened when the that fan jumped uh Bret Hart at the Hall oh, of yeah, Fame ceremony? FDR was out there to beat the shit out of the guy. Dude, the boy, you don't understand. When situations like that happened, it's like the lion's cage when some moronic uh moronic uh person that comes to the zoo wants to lean too far over the rail and then falls in and the lion goes okay okay now you see what you're gonna get that's what the boys are when somebody does something stupid like that so i mean am i saying what ftr did to the fan and no man it's bret hart somebody came after bret hart boom done see you bye because well, because that because you have to have those boundaries. You have to make sure that people know not to cross that boundary. It happened in the world of the NFL. There's people love to look at the footage of a fan running onto the field and Dick Buck is just fucking laying the guy out. Boy, people love looking at that footage. But you know what? If that happened today, oh my God, did he have to do that? He injured that person? Well, yeah, because that person had no right to run onto that field. Nobody thinks of that. Nobody thinks of that because once you let that happen, then everybody thinks it's okay to do that. No, there needs to be fucking ramifications for doing something like that. You're fucking moron. There's a a world-class athlete in the ring and you're running into the ring to get your fucking face on TV. Well, then you need to get laid fucking out. I'm sorry. That's just, you know, you have no fucking common sense. That person, now, now it's different. If he's mentally ill or something like that, then you get to grab the guy, get him. But how do you know that guy doesn't have a knife? How do you know that guy doesn't have a gun? How do you know that guy doesn't have the intent to hurt that person? He may be going out there to show his face on TV, or maybe he's got a fucking issue and he's going out there to hurt Seth Rollins. Especially Rollins, in first thing to be, I'm laying this fucking guy out. I'm laying this fucking guy out so I make sure he doesn't hurt me or somebody else. Dude, it's a fight or flight reaction. It's instinctual. Try controlling that instinct to not fight back. It's very difficult. But that's what you kind of have to do, especially in the world of WWE, corporate trade. And, and they have actually, if I remember correctly from my days there, 
we were actually told if this happens, you have to back off. Let the referee get him down. Let security take him out. There are people hired for that specific incident. That's hard to do. It it is. That's why I applaud Rollins for his self-control. I applaud Seth Rollins for two reasons this morning. His ability to elicit such hatred in somebody that they jumped the rail at the Barclays Center to spear him and for his self-control of not retaliating. And I put out the question on social media today. Have you ever been uh, been to a show where somebody has jumped the rail? I was not actually pretty recent too. New York Madison Square Garden. <laughs> when Enzo and Kaz jumped the rail. Security. Hey, listen, bully. Did security, did the police, that did, did, did the arena security think that those were uh, paid professionals or fans? No idea. Don't know what was going through anybody's head at the minute. If I knew what was going on, I'd let you know. That was a shock to many, many, many people. I'm sure arena security had no idea. Hey, they don't know wrestling. They probably thought these are two fucking crazy fans that just jumped the guardrail. That was why 20,000 people were standing on their feet. More people stood on their feet for Enzo and Kaz jumping the guardrail in Madison Square Garden than they did for the entire night. And what are you supposed to do when there is no security around? They, they, that's the thing. Like that's why you you give that credit to Seth Rollins because maybe security thinks the the fan didn't come over the guardrail. The fan came from behind. He actually was on the stage and ran down the entrance ramp. There's probably security thinking that's a wrestler coming out there to attack Seth Rollins as part of the show. Well, in the world of WWE, that would never happen. Security is smartened up to everything. And trust me, the minute Seth got away, the first thing that Seth is thinking, kick this guy in the face. Wrestlers won't waste punches. Unless a wrestler knows he's got a straight shot at your jaw, no wrestler is going to punch you in the top of the head because you're only going to hurt your own fist. You immediately look for the fan's face and you go to kick him in it because you want to shatter his fucking face. That's what instinct tells you to do. Seth was able to control himself. I guarantee you, Seth got a pat on the back last night for being able to A, control himself, B, stay in character after he slipped away, C, go back out there later in the night, unrattled, and complete the show in the main event. You got to give this guy mad props today. Absolutely. And from a guy who baited people over the guardrails every night and was in physical fights with fans all the time and started real riots all the time, I can applaud Seth Rollins for his his restraint. And Bully, you were able to do that. And, you know, Bully, you weren't wrestling in the in the 70s or the early 80s where people were like, you know what, this is 100% real. Bully, you were able to elicit hatred in a time where people knew it was what pro wrestling was. But you were still able to elicit that reaction from a crowd. Think about that. They knew what you were doing in the ring was a work for the most part. 
but you were still able to get them fucking angry enough that they wanted to jump off over the guardrail and attack you. Dave, sometimes I don't right tell the wrong. stories because by today's stand, no, you are 1,000% correct. And you know this because we've talked personally about this. Sometimes I don't even tell the stories of what happened back in the day because by today's standards, they say it sound completely unbelievable as if I'm embellishing or full-blown lying and making stories up. I have no reason to make stories up. Zero. I have no reason to embellish. You don't believe me? Ask Tommy tomorrow. You don't believe me? Have ECW fans call in and tell the stories that they witnessed with their own eyes. Enough of them chimed in today. Do you know what it takes for somebody sitting in the balcony of an arena to jump out of the balcony? Jumped out of the balcony. This happened twice. And the fans below him caught him to break his fall. And as soon as they caught him and broke his fall, he jumped the guardrail and tried to hit the ring. Put his own life at risk just to get to me and Devon. A fan in, in, in Staten Island, as Big Dick Dudley was walking around the ring, punched Big Dick Dudley straight in the eye and crushed his orbital bone. The minute that happened, all me, Big Dick, and Devon went over the guardrails, beat the shit out of anybody and everybody that was in front of us, and then we all spent the night in jail. Buffalo. Uh, so many places this has happened. Yesterday, I, I told you, me and Heyman were having a conversation just BSing. He said, Bubba, you once, you once said that we had 17 lawsuits against us at ECW. He goes, you were wrong. We had 25. All these stories are real. They happened. And the reason why, you just talked about how what we did in the 60s, what we did was in the 60s or the 70s. People were a lot smarter as to what the yeah. wrestling business was when we were doing it. Think about how smart they are as of last night. That was a, I, I don't know how smart, I mean, intellectually smart or as a smartened up fan that man was, but he had to have thought that there were some repercussions. Still, Seth was able to get that out of him. I love it. A lot of people hate it. I don't care what other people think about that situation. I stand by my convictions on of how I believe Seth was able to pull that off and how he handled himself afterwards. Great job, Seth Rollins. And we saw it, and we saw it recently in AEW where Jericho laid out a fan that was trying to get in the ring, remember? I mean, we've seen yeah. it. I mean, there are times where the fans buy in. Uh, Bully, we were talking before the show, Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody in Japan would come out with that big, heavy chain. He would run into the stands and swing the chain around. People people getting hit by the chain. He's laying fans out, knocking people on their asses. People falling over themselves trying to get away. That's what the foundation of this sport was built on. It's a different time in a lot of ways, but man, not when it comes to emotional investment. It needs to be about emotional investment. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts 
or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. When I was a kid, Bully, I would never think of jumping the guardrail, not because I was thinking of I might get arrested or security might, you know, tackle me to the ground. It's like I would be afraid like the wild Samoans would beat the shit out of me because they would. In a heartbeat, you did not screw with Afa and Sika at all. I I Dude, saw at the back Meadowlands, in the day. <laughs> no, I saw at the Meadowlands where a guy just yelled at Sika, just just yelling at him. You know, a fan in the front row. Sika turned around and spit right in the guy's face. Just spit yep. right in his face. For any ECW fans who were at in Staten Island at the Sportsplex or um, in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania, on you know Halloween '97. Detroit, Michigan, Chicago. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen it happen. And listen, it didn't just happen then. Back in the day, it happened a lot. Like Blassie and, you know, the Sheik. Bad stuff. And my God, if you wrestled in Puerto Rico and you were a heel and you had real heat, you legitimately worried for your life. Flair, just, said, Flair said that too. Flair said that too when, you know, they wanted, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Take Vinato. this title from, yep, take the title. I lost. I am not leaving this stadium with that NWA championship. Ric Flair went down to the Dominican Republic and wrestled the big star down there, Jack Venano. Yep. And, and it's crazy, Dave. When I lived in Florida, I went to a barber shop where the, most of the barbers in there were Dominican. And when they found out I was a wrestler, they immediately asked me, do you know who Jack Venano is? I was like, yes, absolutely. They're like, you know the story? Yeah, I know the story. I know the story straight from the horse's mouth, which is Ric Flair. Could you imagine wrestling, being the NWA World Heavyweight Champion and being in that ring and the finish is Flair's over. And he's going to go home and being in the ring and feeling the vibe, the pulse of the building that night, the fans and switching the finish because you knew if I beat their hometown guy, there's a chance I don't make it out of this arena life. Flair switches the finish on the fly. That's heat, brother. Yeah, he said... Actually, I, I, actually, Dave, it's actually not heat. It's love. It's love. It's yep. love. Because they didn't hate Flair. Flair is just a world heavyweight champion at the time. You know, he's the NWA world heavyweight Ric Flair hadn't done anything heinous to Jack Venano. He was just coming into the territory to do a shot. But these people loved Jack Venano. They loved Ric Flair more than they loved Jack more than they hated Flair. Thus, they were willing to do anything and probably would have done something if Jack didn't go over. It's funny because Flair says wrote about it in his book with Jack Fanano that like the morning of that match, he was jogging on, on, on the highway and they had to shut down the highway because it was like Rocky. Like all the fans were behind him, like hundreds and hundreds of fans were behind him, jogging along with him. He said it was like he was like the movie Rocky. 
I mean, that's like you said, that's love. And it was, and he was like, "I ain't, I'm not, I am not leaving this because if I try to leave, I'm not leaving this stadium with that. Title. Either you're gonna take it from me, or I'm gonna die trying. So take this title from me. And he, you know, those are what. That's one of the, you know, unofficial official championship losses of Ric Flair because he's a 16-time champion. But really, if you look at it, Flair's more like a 21, 22-time champion." If you look at all the championship title victories that Ric Flair really had. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Producers are very own diva Gabby Laspisa and Andre Viola. Sound designed by Mary Bayon. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen and SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.